Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, now, uh, John, I know you're a very level-headed person. Sean Pendergast out today, and Sean... uh, John Harris will be in. Sean's out till Tuesday. I'll have uh, I'll have Sean Bajani in tomorrow. So, John, I, I know you're a very level-headed, rational, logical person, <laughs> and yet I feel like you uh, I feel like you're a lemming when it comes to getting excited about Anthony Richardson. I feel like you uh, yeah you you saw him you saw him pull off a whole bunch of magical tricks at the combine, and now you're talking about how he should be a top three pick overall. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me what's gotten into you. What 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 did well, you drink? No, hold on, hold on now. I said that because there are lemmings in the NFL that will make that pick. Ah. That's that's what I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Accepting the fact that it's probably going to happen because teams are going to be blown away by his physical stature. And if you if you think about the draft process, coaches and in some cases GMs don't totally dive in to seeing these players until they get to the combine. I mean, Nick is Nick has said this. I mean, it's just this is truth. It's not just Nick. It's it's all these GMs. Underclassmen, you you you're aware of, you're certainly aware of, but you're meeting them for the first time. Yeah, and so when a freakazoid like Anthony Richardson walks in your room, you have that same reaction of like, damn, like Darnell Washington. You're just like, holy cow. Um, and so you kind of have that reaction. And so my my tweet, first of all, oh yeah, so let me read the tweet. Uh, and, and I know I was I know I was taking your words out of context a little bit because I knew you'd have fun with it. Uh, you said, born in a damn lab. Good Lord. I thought top eight to nine made sense, but it's time to accept the fact that two to three might be too low. There's a ton of work to do, but I've seen worse prospects slash quarterbacks drafted in the top three. Yeah, and so my, my point in that, and you're right, it sounds like I am all about drafting Anthony Richardson, and I – I have him, I think, probably 18, 19. I can't remember where I have him to Harris 100. I have number three, number three quarterback behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and that won't got change. got him uh, 25th at the one 25th. I'm looking at. Okay. Yeah. 20, 25th? So is it? 25th total player, but not, yeah. Okay. Yeah, not. Where did I have Levis? 
I got Levis, Levis a couple above him. Like I think twenty three. Okay, then okay, then, I, then you maybe not be looking at the most. Oh, recent I'm looking one. at an old one then. Okay. Maybe so. Let me let yeah. me. Uh, I always record doing this on the radio is, is fantastic. <laughs> um, it's all right, man. So I got um, Richardson at twenty five, and I've got Levis. Okay. At, oh, twenty eight. Okay, so yeah, I got Richardson yep. ahead of Levis, and I have them there because their inconsistency drives me absolutely batty. Yeah, it drives me crazy because. I don't, and, and I've said this about, you know, don't double dip on the draft, or on the combine, I mean. You knew, and I knew, Anthony Richardson was just, we knew he was a freaky. You could tell, man, just watch him run the ball, just watch him throw it. Like, he's got freaky abilities. Oh, so he ran a 4-4, okay. Yeah, don't double dip. Don't go into the combine going, well, yeah, he's a great athlete, and then give him even more credit for being the athlete I already thought he like was. Like, once it, just because something's confirmed right. that you already suspected or knew, like, Absolutely. don't act like that's new information. Okay. Absolutely. Now, Claudia Cancy, I knew he was a good athlete, but when he ran 4.67, it's the fastest 40. Like, I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. Like, man, he's more, even more athletic than I thought. Anthony Richards is exactly what I thought. And so when you watch his film, you're like, dang, man. Ah, I'm so conflicted because you watch the Utah game to start the year and you're like, he made plays that no other quarterback in his draft makes. Then he played Kentucky the next week, and he looked like a shell of the quarterback that beat Utah. You yeah. watch him against Tennessee, and he does things. He makes a throw set for a touchdown where he's in a pocket, and the pocket is just collapsing all around him. And he just dances, jump cut, backs up, slides right, slides back left, and all of a sudden he finally sees a receiver and throws a dart like 25 yards in the air at his receiver, spins out, touchdown. You're like, wow. It wasn't like he scrambled out of the pocket. He just managed in the pocket. I'm like, dang it, this guy's incredible. And then you watch him against Vanderbilt, and you're like, he just missed the check down by like three yards. He's <laughs> yeah. like eight yards away. <laughs> yeah. And it's like my blood boils like yeah. watching that sort of thing. Yeah. So I am I'm keenly aware of the fact that you're imagining that, yourself coaching him, right? right. Like what, what that would be like. Right. Now, no. I will say this, and I I'd, I'd like to I'd like to shoot this down because I have I've I've heard and I love John Lopez, love him to death. But I've heard this from John, and I've heard this from a few. Well, his completion percentage was 53%. Yeah. Okay. You can do some pretty simple math here and realize there were a ton of drops and he had a number of throwaways. Even in the like three or four games I watched, there were at least two or three throwaways a game. Well, if you factor all those in, you're talking about a low 60% completion percentage. And why in the hell are we even concerned about completion percentage in college? There are dudes that are completing 70%, 75% passes because yeah. they're throwing bubble and now screens. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? So That's where, well, yeah, I guess it's a, there's a... When people throw out the 50-some percent completion percentage, they're not all created equal. Right, exactly. uh, There are a lot of different factors that go into that. Boom, you hit it. And that's the thing. I I don't put it on completion percentage at all. But then you watch him, and and I always say, just watch the film. Put the film on, bro. I mean, that's my famous saying. Put the film on, bro. Watch him throw a dig route and just drill it. And it's like a 22 to 25-yard throw on a rope. And you're like, yes! Same throw, no pressure. In the same game, and he airmails it three yards over his receiver's head. Like, huh? <laughs> so, so what? What I'm happens conflicted. with a guy like him? 
like with Josh Allen, because it was easy to look at Josh Allen and see a lot of the same tendencies, um, the same low completion percentage. I mean, going back to high school, Josh Allen yeah, yeah. hadn't been an accurate passer. And, you know, it's been pretty well documented, some of the things he did to fix that, not to mention Stefan Diggs helped yeah. along the way. What, but how do you project that? Like, how do you say, okay, this guy reminds me of, uh, like, does this guy have those same those same factors that that could be improved the way it was with Josh Allen? Well, and that therein lies the fact that, and I always say this when it look, okay, beyond Josh Allen, who? Um, well, what like kind of uh, Dak Prescott, but Dak wasn't as bad in college as, as right, those guys were. Right. And so my, my point in that is Josh has really become the outlier. Yeah. And then you have to look at Josh as a, as a singular entity and you're like, okay, Josh had essentially to beg for a college spot. He wrote to colleges all over the place. Couldn't find one. He eventually has to go to junior college. He's still fighting for a spot. He eventually gets to Wyoming. Now he's got to fight even more because he's at Wyoming. And he starts growing and maturing physically. And his game just hasn't come together. My point in all that is Josh has been through adversity from from a, a playing standpoint. Josh put in the work, the time, the effort to get better at throwing the physically throwing the football to the right guy, the right spot, the right time, the right velocity, etc. He put in the time, he put in the effort. And it's one of the things I learned from Dwayne Brown. And you're going to be like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. I learned this from Dwayne Brown, Seth. I famously did not like Dwayne Brown's draft pick. Did not like it. He was like the seventh tack off the board. I had seen him here at the Shrine Bowl. I'm like, "That dude's flawed. There's so many things wrong with his feet." I don't like this guy. He's a former tight end. He's getting knocked around. I had a third-round grade on him. Texans draft him. I'm like, oh. But what I missed was this. He had athletic traits, which you could see. He was built like a, a house. Yeah. But he wanted it. He wanted to be great. He was willing to put in the time. And that was not something that you knew at that time about Dwayne. We obviously didn't know. The scouts were going to know. That's something they should know. Josh Allen had a desire to be great. It mattered to him to get better being accurate throwing the football. Now, is Anthony Richardson that way? Is Anthony Richardson built in such a way that the inaccuracy drives him batty and he works at that every single day? And that we're not going to know. I hope that's the case. I really do. But if you think you're going to walk into the league because you're so physically gifted and just take it over because everybody tells you you're special, you're hashtag built different, and you believe that, You'll be out of the league in three years. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you attack it the way Josh Allen did, and that was to work at it every year, and obviously Stephon Diggs definitely helped, you could start to smooth those issues over. And I, I saw him, and when people were like, well, how do you know he worked at it? Because I watched him. I watched him at the Senior Bowl do it. I watched him show up early and throw at that damn triangle net, you know, the, the net, the rectangle or the square net with the three things. Yeah. The first day he couldn't hit it. But he would come up early every day and work at boom. Every day he was one of the first guys on the field. He was thrown at that net, trying to get better at it. And by week or by the end of the week, he's throwing dimes. And I'm like, okay, oh, I'm seeing the work this guy's yeah. putting in. And he saw and you saw improvement within and one saw week. improvement. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I, I can see that now. Does Anthony Richardson have that in him? He was a five star recruit at Gainesville East Side High School. Went to University of Florida. Spent three years, and it wasn't great. I mean, it was, it was up and down, 
and then he just goes to the NFL. What kind of football adversity has Richardson had that he feels like, oh, he's got to overcome? So we'll see. If he's got that same way of attacking the game the way Josh Allen did, that to me is what makes Allen the outlier, is that he had that desire um, to be better at the game and then improve at it. And I saw it up close. If Richardson has that, then yeah, then he is absolutely, absolutely worth a top three pick. You know, it's, just don't uh, know whether he has it. You know, it's funny is that uh, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, just like we've seen with Damian Pierce, um, uh, every time one of those guys starts trending, Dan Mullen's name starts trending too. <laughs> is that blame? I'm like, man, Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen wasn't even the coach at Florida this year, and he's getting blamed uh, for, for Anthony Richardson not developing the same way that Damian Pierce, uh, you know, basically people were, people were livid forever that they didn't use Damian Pierce more. So now even when he, Damian Pierce does well with the Texans, Dan Mullen's name starts trending. So, if it, yeah, if Anthony Richardson ends up being awesome in the NFL, Dan Mullen's going to hear about it forever. The Texans are going to draft those Cyrus Torrance and play Matt Guard, and he's going to be <laughs> awful. And it's Dan Mullen's fault. It's like, no, dude, he transferred last year to play for his former college coach. He never played for Dan Mullen. Yeah, but it's still Dan Mullen's fault. Mullen's going to so, take heat for everything that's gone wrong with a Florida prospect for sure. Are, are you – okay, what do you think of the psychology of a, a team just saying, all right, look – you know, you look at the hit rate on quarterbacks in the first round over the last decade. It's not so hot. Yeah. This is a huge crapshoot to begin with. The hit rate on proven NFL quarterbacks that get traded isn't so hot right now. If you look at the, the top quarterback contracts. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you say, all right, it's all a crapshoot, but the upside – is the upside of Anthony Richardson so much greater – that at least it's a calculated gamble if you take him over Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Will Levis. Like, do you look at the? Do you look at Anthony Richardson's physical upside as far greater than those three guys, or no? I mean, physically, sure. Uh-huh. But when they're, you know, you've seen it too deep, right? And it'll say like OT or say OG or C for the center, right? Well, the two letters next to Anthony Richardson's name are QB, yeah. and it no longer says ATH like it might have out of high school. The athlete Anthony Richardson should go number one. I mean, I don't know that there's a pound-for-pound better athlete in this draft. Maybe the kid from Northwestern, maybe Canty. I don't know. Anthony Richardson, pound-for-pound, might be the best athlete in this draft. He's not yet learned how to play quarterback. And so until he does that, to me, he's going to stay number three. And that's not going to happen in this draft offseason. Now, his upside is tremendous. But is he going to learn how to play quarterback? And that is where you start bringing in, okay, well... Where is he going to go? Where's the fit for him? And that's then you why think, Seattle makes right. a lot of sense. Huh? Seattle, make, Seattle makes yeah. some sense. He doesn't have to. Doesn't have to go on the field right away. Maybe they can have some packages for him alongside yeah. Geno Smith. Maybe they could do some things with him. Uh, Seattle makes some sense where he could sit for a little bit. But I also think if you've got, and I, I don't want to, you know, I work for the Texans. I, Bobby Slowick is not called a game, but he was part of a staff that took Brock Purdy. And turned him into a viable, not only a viable, like he turned him into a quality NFL quarterback, not quite overnight, but pretty damn quickly. So they're going to be offensive systems Richardson might be able to ease into a little bit better. Yeah. They're going to be some that just not happening. And maybe yeah. a lot more of those. Plus, he's got to improve in playing the position. So at that point, I trust how Bryce Young could fit into a number of different systems regardless of his size. I trust that about C.J. Stroud as well. I don't trust that totally about Richardson, and I definitely don't do it um, about the mayo eater in Kentucky. 
<laughs> Will Levis, who, by yeah. the way, found this out at the Combine. He's deathly afraid of milk. Oh, he's afraid of milk? Like how? I don't – Like I, he I, just doesn't eat dairy or he's, uh, he's no, like, like actually he afraid of it? No, like he sees milk, like he freaks out like – He's grossed out by it? Yeah, like my, my wife sees a spider and loses her ever-loving mind. Apparently yeah. that's the way he is with milk. Oh, that's some deep childhood no, I, trauma there. He's out. Yeah, I'm I out on him. Yeah, something, something, something happened to him that he hasn't worked through yet. Yeah, he's got. He's gonna need some time in therapy over that. I don't know about face grades, but the fact yeah. that he puts mayo in coffee, eats a banana with a peel, and is deathly afraid of milk. That's too much weirdness. That's uh, that's too much weirdness. You can't have that much weirdness in a quarterback. You can have that in a Ben Jones, maybe. Uh, but the, and even then, it's a little out there. Yeah. Wait, what's this? Wait, eating bana- eating bananas with the peel. You haven't seen that? I knew about the mayo thing. I didn't know about the banana yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go look up Will Levis eating banana with a peel. Like, he eats the peel, too? Mm. Or does he, like, no, just like, squeeze it out through the... Nope, nope. 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 Just <laughs> all right. All right. I watch. Yeah, that I, the I mean, it's, I it's I can't I can't even do it, Seth. It is. Yeah, he literally eats the banana with the peel on. He said this like at SEC Media Days. Yeah, he just yeah. grabs it and eats it with the peel on. It's got to be incredibly good fiber, but I, uh, I guess. Still, yeah, okay. I guess. I, uh, I <laughs> it's a banana peel weird. on. I mean, the mayo and the coffee, I kind of can get because. You're looking for something that simulates milk that's not milk, I guess. Well, it's butter too. It's like any kind of, or I mean, um, like cream, like any kind of fat. Yeah, you know, yeah butter, right. butter, coffee's a big deal right. these days. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I can see coffee. that. I can yeah. see that, but deathly afraid of milk in the, the banana with the peel. Like, I, I mean, can you imagine walking into the Texans cafeteria like you've done a million times, and you know you've seen all these guys, and you walk in, and there's your starting quarterback, and he's just chomping away. On a banana with a peel on. Can I tell you the grossest Texans cafeteria story ever? <laughs> of course. It was in the first year of the franchise. This was a very expansion franchise yes. moment. There was a front office employee. So, like, not some player that had never been around, you know, right. <laughs> gentle folk before or anything. <laughs> like some kid from the backwoods of West Virginia. This was an actual front office employee that would go up to the uh, the fruit bar in the cafeteria and would, like, pick up pieces of fruit with his bare hands like not like cut fruit cut fruit this is not like a banana that he's picking up cut fruit like would yeah, pick yeah. up a piece of cantaloupe look at it uh <laughs> disapprove of it and put it back on the pile so like they had to put it they had to send out a team they had to send out a memo to all the staff employees saying hey could you please not manhandle the the cut fruit like and then put it back on the buffet. This is like the thing you worry about when you go to a Golden Corral, right? Yes. That a, that a six-year-old's going to do something like that. This was a forty-five-year-old grown-ass man working in the front office of an NFL team. Seth, we, had have, to, we have that same plate of cut fruit every day at lunch. Yeah, and there are five spoons in front of it. Yeah, yeah. And I've always wondered why there's so many spoons, <laughs> and now I now I get it. It's a holdover from the days of manhandling fruit. Yeah. Some guy would pick up a, a cut watermelon or something like I oh, know that that watermelon's not for me and put it back. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm not putting that on Will Levis. Not today. Like, anyway, <laughs> there um, are no because you, you hear these stories from college. I used to love talking to uh, Kevin Bastine, who and and I feel bad because I'm. It's going to sound like I'm piling on the state of West Virginia. But Kevin Bastine was an athletic trainer at West Virginia for a yeah. long time. And he would tell stories about some of the kids that came in from the backwoods of yeah, West yeah. Virginia yeah. whose ideas of hygiene were like 
far below the standards of, of, of normal civilized people. So they were like, it was, you know, a coal miner's daughter type stuff, teaching these kids how to wash underneath their fingernails and their toenails or to, or to even trim their toenails ever. It was, uh, he said he saw some, na- in an athletic trainer, you're working on feet all day, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like, you know, telling guys about showering and, and things like that. I mean, I and I'm sure felt- it happens elsewhere too, but it, it made it perfect that it was at West Virginia with Kevin. I always felt bad for Cap and Roe um, and our athletic training staff, you know, when Ben Jones would come back in after pregame because Ben had this ritual and has this ritual. Every game he's ever played, yeah. he goes out on the field with no shoes on. He just, whether it's cold, hot, doesn't matter, he goes on the field. And I'm thinking about all the different, you know, footing that you go through to get from a locker room to the field and I'm like how do you not step onto every single game and I'm like then does he go get his ankles taped at that point like yeah. what does he do I'm like oh he's the guy <laughs> but that grass ah, oh. you know what though the grass is so pristine yeah. at most of the NFL times, fields yeah. it's just uh it is nice uh, uh when I heard about Ben Jones doing that, I actually felt like, oh, that's something I wish I had done more. But I, yeah, I would have, because Ben was already out there in his football uniform as he was doing it, like his football pants. He, so it wasn't like he was going inside and taking a shower and then getting his. No, his, no. He, now yeah. you can go in and wash your feet off, I guess. But I just, it was just always kind of, because I always go on the first bus and he would be on the first bus. So I would be up in the press box talking to you and, and, and Sean before the game. And I would just look out there. I'm like, is that Ben with like no shoes on? <laughs> and I asked him one time, he's like, yep, been doing that since, uh, well, back in junior high. And I'm like, oh, okay. Where's he yeah. from? He's from Alabama or uh, Alabama or Georgia? Georgia, I think. It's yeah. Georgia. And by the Some way, part. I want to ask you about that a little later, too. Oh, what's that? If Derrick Henry is traded, it's a full-on yeah. reset in Tennessee, is it not? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have to talk about that. Um, we also have to talk about this. I gotta, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yesterday I heard that uh, Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke, the new coordinators, were going to speak. And uh, I, I frankly was underwhelmed. I'm not, I don't get excited about coordinator interviews. I listen to them. And I'm just flat out excited now. I feel like there's a there's a different vibe around NRG Stadium right now and the coaching staff that I don't think we've had a long time, if ever. I'll explain coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.